Hello and welcome to the Village Halls podcast sponsored by Allied Westminster, the UK's largest specialist provider of village hall insurance and the home of Village Guard. Now, bringing people together has always been, well, the main purpose behind Village Halls. Doing so can have all kinds of benefits for the community by lifting people's spirits and creating a sense of togetherness. My guest today is Shan Heinem, who, along with others at Fontmel Magna Village Hall in North Dorset, has been developing a fascinating initiative that not only brings people together, but also works in partnership with the local surgery and, and tries to improve the health and well-being of the community through something that's known as social prescribing. Hi, Shan. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Johnny. It's great. Thank you for inviting me to come and talk to you. No, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Now, I'm really looking forward to hearing more about, you know, your social prescribing partnership and, and what that's all about and how it works. But before we talk about that, tell me a little bit about you and, and your connection with the Village Hall there. Uh, well, my name's Sean, uh, Sean Heinem, and I was a piano teacher for 18 years in local primary school in the village, Fontmel Magna, and also in the independent school, Claysmore, just up the road. Um, had 18 very, very happy years there. Prior to that, was in business management and was always involved in community activities, mainly through music, um, if I'm honest, with uh, concerts and um, those kind of community events. But really felt that I wanted to get more involved with village life um, as my children are now old and hairy and have left home. I <laughs> a bit, bit more time on my hand from that point of view. And it just seemed the right time in my life to think about doing a little bit more in the village. So I decided last January, uh, be- before the world changed, that I would take a step back from teaching and I gave two, two terms notice at the end of August and decided then to get more involved in charitable work, not knowing for one minute that everything was going to change during that six-month uh, resignation period. Yeah, great timing, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but, you know, probably quite fortuitous because it, it really gave us time to to really establish some um, some community activities and to really crack on with the work. Okay, so that, that brings us nicely to something called the, the Fontmel Friendship Garden, which mm. is the main thing you've kind of been developing since then. And how and why did that come about? So when I left teaching, or just prior to leaving teaching, I had gone to a Village Hall Open Day event where I met the new chair, um, Rosie Ann, and the new secretary, Lisa, um, in a Village Hall Open Day. And I really went along just out of interest because they'd been looking for a village hall's bookings manager and the the vacancy had been there for, uh, fair to say, a few months. And I met Rosie Ann and Lisa and was just so inspired by the work that they were doing in the community at that time. They were establishing um, community lunches, for example, having already identified that there was some social isolation in the village and there was room to get people together. And uh, we'd already established or tried to establish some links with the Blackmore Vale practice, our local um, health practice. And they were very keen to do some work with the village hall because the surgery in our village is actually situated right next door to the village hall. So it couldn't be better placed. Um, so we've been talking about things like food banks. Um, we've been talking about uh, maybe ha- having a community hub those kinds of initiatives, and then COVID hit. So everything ground to a halt from that point of view. Uh, And I am a lifetime avid and passionate gardener and uh, had already been thinking whether we could do something with gardening. And it was a conversation with a social prescribing lead who came to our Christmas, early, early Christmas fair, I should say, in October. And I asked her, 
what were her views on maybe us having a, a cut flower garden. And she was really, really keen. Um, and, and it really went from there, Johnny. I, I presented an idea or my ideas to the village hall team first to gain their support. They were fantastic. And then we presented those same ideas to the uh, social prescribing lead. And she was just so supportive and gave us the green light immediately. There were no barriers. So that's really, I guess, how it started off. Yeah. What, what's a cut flower garden, Shan, for anyone who doesn't know too much about gardening, me included? Yeah. Well, it, I guess it's what it says on the tin, really, Johnny. It's it's a garden where you grow flowers, which you can cut and enjoy. And um, cut flowers by nature are cut and come again. So the more you cut, the more you more blooms you produce and the more you can enjoy. And presumably they're like a seasonal, they're a seasonal thing. So you can, you have different different flowers at different times of the year yeah absolutely i mean this is obviously our first season so all of the seeds are growing now we're going to be opening the garden in june planting out in may but from that uh, point there's no reason why we won't be able to produce blooms all the way through to october and then start again with our early narcissi and daffodils and tulips from next march time okay so social prescribing then i guess this is where we need to understand the connection between a cut flower garden, uh, the local doctor's surgery, mm. and um, and and this term social prescribing and, and and what that means therefore. Yes, I'm no doctor. I must say that, but social prescribing is I, it's just something I think which is just so inspirational. And um, if you don't mind, I've taken the liberty of actually going on the NHS site, and I have actually got their definition here because I think it needs to be explained completely accurately. So the the NHS site actually describes social prescribing as a way for local agencies to refer people to a link worker who can then give those people their time and focusing on what matters to them. And they can then take a holistic approach to someone's health and well-being. Um, So it can work for a whole range of people, um, maybe people with one or more long term conditions, maybe someone who needs support with mental health and maybe someone who's lonely or isolated. So, for example, our wonderful local practice, they gave us some statistics that, I mean, over 40% of patients might attend the surgery two or three times a week with nothing physically wrong. Um, And and they may be the prime people that would fall into this category who would really benefit from a holistic approach and doing something different rather than just taking a pill. So very powerful, actually. Yeah, so this is like a lifestyle sort of thing. Yeah, making yourself feel better not just as you say popping a pill and hoping that whatever you've got goes away mm-hmm. <laughs> but but yeah doing something that, that's lifestyle or, or that brings you into contact with other people and so on and, and and just as a consequence of that improves your health and improves your well-being overall and i guess what better um, place to do that than outdoors in the in the fresh air mm-hmm. and doing something with nature as well and I guess that's you having a garden connected to the village hall it's also connected to the surgery mm-hmm. it's just the perfect combination isn't it it's ab- it absolutely is and, and the cut flower I think a cut flower garden in essence is even more um, related to that whole drive because in a cut flower garden you get a packet of seeds so the seeds have been distributed to 25 growers You have nothing, you know, it's in the soil, you nurture them, you watch them grow, um, you plant out together socially. We'll then have the blooms that we cut together again socially and we can share those flowers with other people. So I just think by the nature of a cut flower garden, nurturing, growing, blooming, that's what one would hope to achieve with social prescribing 
um, itself, really. So it's quite yeah. it's quite early days, as yeah. you, as, as you said, mm-hmm. um, and obviously you've had the <laughs> you've had the added uh, aspect of the of the pandemic as well to to deal with. But how's it, how's things going so far? Do, do you know it's been um, absolutely remarkable. When when I started the project in November, you know, it's a bit scary, I guess, because we had no money. There's nothing, mm-hmm. so it was a, a case of emailing businesses and calling businesses to see if, first of all, we could get the materials. And it started off with, you know, five or six people saying, yep, I'd like to help. And it, it's just gathered just the most incredible momentum. I mean, I, I'm really quite humbled by the whole thing. And when I stop and think about it and reflect on it, um, it's it's just been truly so inspirational. One of the, the happiest things I think I've ever done in my life. That sounds a bit profound, but just to see that the growth, I mean, every day there's emails. I've had another four today offering garden books one, another one offering cakes, jam jars. And everyone, irrespective of their age or their ability, has been able to offer something um, to share in the whole project, which it's just been fantastic. It's certainly exceeded all my expectations. Yeah. And it's great when you see that momentum starting mm-hmm. to develop with something like this. So where's where's some of the funding that you've needed come from, Sean? A lot of it's come from local businesses. So we've had some some big local businesses, BV Dairy, uh, Waitrose, Tesco's, Wessex Fire and Security, Home Base, and uh, some garden centres, Oasis Garden Centre, Cranbourne Garden Centre, Gold Hill Organic Farm. And they provided us with all the materials basically for the garden. But I should say as well that although those are much larger companies and we are incredibly grateful for their support and their huge financial input, equally as important, we've had people that have donated things like propagated plants, a tree, a trough, some seeds, uh, all our topsoil, um, other people that have provided all the plant identification labels, so the art club painted freehand all the labels for the plants and they've put that on weatherproof backing paper for us the craft group have made all the bunting and big banners for the garden um, which uh, will adorn the garden when we open and we've also had businesses that have bought benches for the garden and also some uh, ladies in the village who have bought benches in memory of their parents or a loved one who's died so that's very poignant as well so all those people have made and are making a huge contribution to the garden. So thank you to them very much indeed. What kind of benefits are you seeing from the initiative so far? I guess you, you may have one or two stories of, of some some people have relayed what it, what, what it means to them now. I haven't. And I've, I've had permission actually from some people um, to, to share this with you. So I sent a little email. I do a little weekly update every every Sunday nights with photographs of what's happened in the week and to share it. So that goes out now to over 85 people. And I popped a little question in there just to ask if anyone would like to share um, how they feel that the project might have benefited them. And um, there were one or two that were really moving, actually. And without exception, everyone has said they're really enjoying it. But th- this one's really profound. And I think it's what the whole project's about. Um, So the person concerned said, this project has helped me so much in the dark and lonely days of lockdown. All my normal activities have been cancelled and having something positive to look forward to in the shape of a beautiful community garden has really raised my spirits. I just thought that was lovely. Um, And another another lady uh, said, the ability to take part in one way or another when there's some sort of disability involved has been really welcome and inclusive. 
um, which is great. Uh, and the third one, perhaps I'll give you three. Uh, the friendship garden has brought back the community feeling in the village after being unable to meet up. Doing something so positive and long lasting for others is also a welcome change after being unusually inward looking when self-isolating to keep safe and to keep others safe. I think they're really profound, aren't they? Actually, and that's no, fantastic. And I mean, how how rewarding from your perspective to see something that you know just just developed, like you said, as a as a seed, as an idea. <laughs> um, brilliant. So, what what have you got planned next? I mean, gardening, after all, is one of those never ending <laughs> projects, anyway, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, there are things going on at the moment with the growing of the seeds, of course. But on April the 24th, we've got our first garden prep morning. So there'll be uh, around about 20 villagers um, joining up to get all the structure in place for the garden. So it's things like all the sweet pea wigwams, all the trellis up for the sunflower seeds that the school are growing. Um, So that's April. And then I've got, at the end of April, the under five nursery group are coming to plant uh, seed bombs, bee seed bombs. So it's a little bee-friendly garden. They're planting that out at the end of April, closely followed by the local school who are planting sunflowers at the beginning of May. And they're going to use that also as a curriculum garden. So they're going to measure their sunflowers and um, and see who can grow the quickest sunflowers. There's a bit of competition going on. Brilliant. I love that. Uh, on May the 20th, I've got the local agricultural college um, who, who do floristry, as it happens. Their final year students are going to come and uh, give us a floral demonstration. Um, and that's just before our mass plant out on May the 22nd, when all those little baby seeds which have been nurtured are going to be put into situ. So the, the seed growers are going to be there. There'll be um, people serving teas and cakes. It's a real community day. Um, and then on June the 26th, we've got our grand opening. And, and that's quite a big affair because um, obviously from the 21st, we can meet all being well. Yeah. So there's live music, country dancing, the pub, local pub, the Fontmel are going to do a barbecue and bar, big raffle prize. And I've approached only local businesses for that. And 25 local businesses have all come up trumps and have provided the most wonderful prizes, which is fabulous. I know we're going to have a plant stall. We're going to make jars of joy. So those are jam jars filled with our cut flowers. We're going to be giving out jars of joy. And one of our wonderful crafting ladies in the village is going to run a friendship bracelet stall, which is completely appropriate to the name of the garden. And I want to just give a shout out, actually, Johnny, for all the clubs in the village who've got involved. Um, So one one of my remits, or one of my... My real wishes was when doing the garden was to get every stakeholder in the village involved in some way. So the garden club have been growing seeds. Uh, the Font Mill, which is our local pub, we're going to be planting up their car park garden with flowers from the garden. The shop are selling, going to be selling flowers. So we're going to take buckets of flowers down there and excess plants they'll sell. They'll have some of the profits and we'll have some to plow back in the garden. I've already spoken to you about the nursery and the school. The church are going to use the flowers for flower arranging. I mustn't forget anyone. Um, the Spring Hill Trust, which is an amazing garden in our village, they are going to be, uh, or they're building two beds for us and are going to provide a calm garden for us. And uh, we're liaising very much with them, taking some of our produce down there as well um, as a link with the garden. So we're trying to dot all the I's and really join the whole village up from one end to the other and 
from the youngest to the oldest, you know? Yeah, you've got so many different people involved. And I think what I like about that is that you've got this great collective thing to look forward yeah. to. Uh, as you say, hopefully everything will open up. Things aren't looking too no. bad right no. now. And, and obviously that day will come anyway. I just think that idea of everybody having a single thing to, to really look forward to and to enjoy in the summertime is just, it's just wonderful as well. Brilliant yes. stuff. And, and we obviously hope that the, well, we're not hoping, we are determined that the knock-on effect will be that by having people coming to the village and enjoying the garden there, because it's right next to the village hall, we're going to make sure the village hall is open uh, one morning a week just for people who might be dropping into the garden. They can have a tea and a coffee and obviously promote the village hall as well, because as every village hall up and down the country will appreciate and empathise. You know, COVID has really obviously hit our income levels. Um, so anything that we can be doing to promote the village hall um, alongside the garden and to be in partnership, which we are, uh, uh, it's obviously going to be beneficial to the village hall as well. Hopefully, hopefully, Shan, a few other village halls will feel a little bit inspired by this as well. And I'm just wondering, if, you know, if social prescribing is, is something that they are mm. interested in, what's kind of the starting point um, with this, what would you what would you suggest having gone through with all of that? So basically, contact their local part, their local health partnership, and um, the, all health partnerships at the moment will have a social prescriber. It's a huge initiative from the government, and um, if I just give you the correct figures here, that the, the big drive in the NHS and the long term NHS plan is to co- is to commit one thousand new social prescribing link workers in place. Um, and with a target of around about 900,000 patients referred to social prescribing by 2023, 2024. So that's a huge goal from the government and the NHS. Uh, and the, yeah. the, certainly any village halls, I would suggest that they contact their health partnerships and get in contact with their social prescribing um, lead. And it may very well be, it doesn't have to be a garden. You know, it could be a, a befriending morning that they have. Uh, where the surgery uh, suggests that patients go to a village hall, you know, once a week for coffee, tea and coffee, that kind of thing. So it could be something as simple as a befriending service. It could be um, a new club, you know, inviting people to come to certain clubs. Uh, Walking clubs are very popular with social prescribers, music clubs, Pilates, dancing. So it could very well be that they've got things going on already in their village halls, exercise classes, etc., that could be directly relevant to a social prescriber. Wonderful. Uh, I mean, I, I have to confess, this is social prescribing wasn't something that I'd come across until we had our initial chat, and I, and I'm already kind of blown away by it. I, I think sometimes you know we can all feel a little bit frustrated that the go-to response is 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 just to be prescribed with medication when often that just sort of masks the symptoms of whatever people are suffering from. And I think that's particularly the case with mental health issues such as depression or anxiety and so on. So it's great to see that there's a there's this forward thinking medical practice that you're working with, but that also this is a you know a widespread um, initiative and idea that that village halls could really get on board with and 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 help to deliver. So wonderful! Thanks, Shan, for 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 telling me and and, and our audience about this and and just well done. 
you know the 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 stories that you relayed um from 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 the from the early participants are are really inspirational as well and to imagine that being multiplied across so many different people would just would just be a wonderful outcome so mm. so great well done I think it works fantastic mm. oh it's a privilege to be involved in it it really is and, and very humbling and brings people together in a very special way I think yeah one one final thing so if people want to find out a bit more about the Fontmel Friendship Garden where where can they look Shan where should they go well we've, I have to admit I'm going to put my hands up here and say that I am not very good at social media but I've done my best Johnny right. so okay. <laughs> we've got an Instagram page and it's the it's at Fontmel Friendship Garden and right. I am posting um, regularly now anything that's new in the garden goes in there and it will be um, increasing obviously as as more people get together and there's more photographs there's a Facebook page as well and it's quite simply the Fontmel Friendship Garden yeah, well, I'll I'll do the usual thing with the, with this episode as well, and I'll put some links uh, on on our website so that people can can click through and find those quite easily. And great, you know, thanks again for your time and for telling us all about the garden, and just just good luck with it all in the Thank future. Thank you very much for having me on and for allowing me the chance to share it with you. It's been brilliant. Absolute pleasure, Sean. Thank, Thank you, you very much. And and as always. Many thanks to our headline sponsor and specialist insurance provider, Allied Westminster, for making our podcast possible and whose services you can discover more about at villageguard.com. And also to online booking system provider, Hallmaster. You might be interested in them, Sham, with the, the, <laughs> the position you were talking about early on, um, who also sponsor our show and can be found at, at hallmaster.co.uk. You've been listening to the Village Halls podcast, a unique listening community for Britain's village, church and community halls, and anyone interested in the vital community services they provide. We'll be back again in two weeks' time with another episode, so if you haven't already, please visit thevillagehallspodcast.com to subscribe, sign up for updates, link through to our social media pages, and just to find out more. Until the next time, goodbye for now.